Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Amen, amen. Good to see you this morning in God's house. Smile real big. You can do better and bigger than that. Okay. That's too big. Okay, that's too much. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here in, in, uh, to worship God with us today. I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, you can turn there. While you are, let me thank Rob and Tara for coming today. Um, I did not know, and I've been in this thing a while, I've never heard of traveling worship pastors. I've heard of traveling evangelists. I've heard of traveling singing groups. Uh, I've heard of traveling missionaries, but not traveling worship leaders. We've missed it all these years. You guys feel such a great need in the body of Christ. Uh, Let me tell you this. Every church doesn't have worship like you have it, um, and, and when sometimes you need help. And uh, I'll just tell you this, when the first church we pastored, I was the worship band, and Miss Leanne was the worship team. And uh, let me tell you, it wasn't all that great. She was great. It was just the worship band that kind of struggled. But I appreciate you going anywhere and everywhere just to worship and lead people in the presence of God. Looking forward to you guys being here tonight as well. I... Um, If I can just talk to you, if you're a visitor, can you just put it on hold for a second? But if this is your home church, let me speak to you. Uh, Just kind of highlight what I I made a post this past week about. I'm not sure um, about where we are today as a church, but I know this, that one thing that God wants us to do is to be a Pentecostal church. And when you say that word, some people think of all kinds of weird. I'm not talking about weird. I'm talking about the kind where the Holy Ghost shows up. And I'll just say this. I felt this a while maybe the last three or four months, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of COVID, but I felt like the temperature of Pentecost in our church has dropped. Now, please don't take that as a slam because nobody loves you like me. I promise you this. But I know this, that whenever we get that feeling, the one thing that I know about God is he loves to show up. He loves to move in the hearts of people. And I, I, we, could, we could go to a lots of different churches, but the reason that I like this church is because when I get here, I feel God's presence. And when I feel like sometimes that that's beginning to just cool down a little bit, I think we need to take some action. And let me tell you exactly what, what my, my thoughts are is that on Wednesday night, we have great classes, and I love them. We have rural rangers. We have missionettes. We have adult classes. We have youth classes. We have uh, college and career classes. It's just a great time. We have a great we have a meal. It's a great time of fellowship. But for the next five or six weeks, I want to kind of push that to the side and have everybody in our church come together minus the nursery. I want the kids to come, the youth to come, and as the church, we're just going to spend an hour, we're going to praise and worship, and we're, then we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to come and move upon us again. How many know we do need to be revived? Every, every, every believer needs a time when they just need to, to zone in with God, and the only purpose and the only focus is, is to get closer to Him. That's what I want to do starting this next Wednesday. And so I, I'd like for, to ask you to come, but not just to come, but I'd like to ask you to come and expect that when God shows up, when we get together, and I've watched you for seven years, I've watched you, and I've seen you call out to God, I've seen you ask God, and I've seen him over and over again answer. And so here's my thought. I know this, if I can get you here, and I know he'll be here, I know he'll do something great. And you say, well, what about our kids? You know, our kids just, listen, there's only one way that I know how to pass the mantle of Pentecost from one generation to the next. The only way I know how to do it is to let monkey see, monkey do. 
Let them watch you and grandmas and grandpas worship God and praise God and go to an altar and pray for their needs and pray for one another and pray for the things that are important to us. And as they watch us do that, you know what will happen in 30 years, in, 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 in 60 years should the Lord tarry? There will still be a group of people who still are at a place where they believe God can do wonderful, wonderful miracles in their midst. So I'm asking you that to do that, and I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I would never want you to think that I'm not proud of you because I love being the pastor here. Matter of fact, if you didn't come, I'd still come up here and, and preach every single week. It'd be kind of weird, but I would do it because I love being the pastor here, and I just think God's got something for us. So do you receive that? Just give me an amen. That lets me know you're kind of... The last several weeks, we have talked about um, inconspicuous people of the Bible. Now, that's a big word, inconspicuous. That means people that don't get a whole bunch of ink in the Bible. People that, you know, we know we hear about the Elishas and the Elijahs, and we hear about John and the Sons of Thunder, and, of course, Jesus is all there. But do you realize in the Bible there are people that are inconspicuous, but they were so important to God, he put their name in the Scriptures. This is, we've talked, like we talked about Jude last uh, two weeks ago. And this week I want to talk to you about the butler and the certain man. The butler and the certain man. It's in Genesis chapter 37 is where we'll start, so let's pray first. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to gather together. Thank you for the opportunity to take the Word of God and open it and just explore it. Thank you for the adventure that you've given, put into our hearts to grow in faith, grow in grace, and the knowledge of the Lord. And I pray every heart today ready to receive your word. I pray for that precious anointing that you give so faithfully, God, to bring the word of God and make it alive and living on the inside of us. I pray for those that are watching this morning on live stream, the same presence we feel here. I know they feel right where they're, wherever they might be. And for all this, we give you praise and glory and ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now, if um, I, I, I want to revisit the life of Joseph then that's where Exodus, excuse me, Genesis chapter 37 comes into play. But I, I want to say this, that I want to say it in light of two inconspicuous people. One guy on the, on the front end of the story and one guy kind of on the tail end, the middle of the story. Now, <clears throat> there are some people, and these are two important people, and what you're going to find is God's put these people in your life and my life as well. And so if you go to Genesis chapter 37... I'm going to begin in this, probably verse 14, catch up with me there. Genesis 37 and 14, and I'll, I'll give you the, the, the story where, where we are when we pick up here, is that Joseph has gotten his coat of many colors from his daddy. He has 12 brothers, there's 12 brothers total, and he has gotten to, um, his brothers have gone off to, to tend flock, and Joseph has been ordered by his father to go find them and come back and tell him, the father, how they're doing. And jo- Joseph is, is the, the favorite child of his family. Uh, we, we're not going to say spoiled just yet, but he's just the favorite child. How many favorite childs do we have in here? Yep. Wait a minute, one more time. Okay. And so the, as the story picks up, he's looking for his brothers, and that's where we are in verse 14. It says this, it says, When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? Now, your Bible may say this, a certain man, and that's what I want to highlight, a certain man. In verse 16, he says, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. 
So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan, but they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. So this particular certain man was the guy that pointed Joseph to the place where he was going to go and be thrown into the pit. Now, I wonder if Joseph has ever thought, I wish I would have never, ever met that man. It doesn't even give us his name. It just says a certain man, a random man. He was just wandering around trying to find his brothers who had moved on, and he finds this one random man, and he says, oh, yeah, I know where they are. They went to Dothan. So I wonder if Joseph ever looked back and thought to himself, man, I wish I never would have met that guy. You know, and maybe God has purpose. I'll say this, God does, does have purpose in those people in our lives. Has there ever been anybody that you've said, I wish I never would have met them? Has there ever been those times where maybe, you know, everybody had somebody in their life to, to, that was that particular person? For Jesus, it was Judas, the one who betrayed him. For Elijah, it was Ahab. For Moses, it was Korah. For Abraham Lincoln, it was John Wilkes Booth. Even the roadrunner met the wily, wily coyote, had the wily coyote. But do you understand that God has purpose in those people in your life? An ex-spouse, a former business partner, a person that just seemed to cause trouble in your life, and you always wondered why God brought them in there. I can give you maybe just a good bird's, bird's eye reason why is because the, I had some people like that in my own life as well, and they were church people. And I just, and I, the, the church that we went to pastor, I knew God had sent us there. I was traveling one day in my, my, the job that I had worked, and we went through a particular town and just sensed the presence of God, knew God I was, was calling us there. And as we went there, we had such high expectations, and things just turned bad, and people turned against us. God, and I love those people. That's the hard part when you love people that turn against you. And I've always thought, God, why? I know you led me there. I know, that, I know specifically because I remember the day and the moment where I was. And, and I, why did you lead me there? And, and I remember saying that. And, and the thing is, is that I'm not sure 100% all the reasons why. But if God hadn't led me there, that would have not led me to you. If I hadn't have met those people and gone through the things I'd gone through, I never would have come here, and you and I would never have met, possibly. And so when I look and seek, because see, the thing is, is that this is the greatest thing I've ever done. I mean, this, this, this is the greatest gig you could ever have. I mean, I think y'all are the greatest thing since buttered popcorn. I mean, I think y'all are great, but I never would have met you had God never took, brought those certain people in my life. So I don't loathe the people, the certain men in my life, but I thank God that those were the very stepping stones that led me to where I am today. Can you, can you identify and see, understand what I'm talking about today? There are some people that are certain people that God places, but they weren't, they weren't those that caused you to take a step back. They were stepping stones that led you to the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Sometimes this, the toughest defeats, lead to the sweetest victories. Sometimes you can tweet that. You don't even have to say it's my, I gave it to you. The toughest, sometimes the toughest defeats lead to the sweetest victories. If you want to turn around for just a minute, I want you to look at something back there on the sound booth. Y'all don't see that Razorback hat? Sorry, y'all were looking at Garrett, weren't you? 
Sometimes the toughest defeats. We've lost to Texas lots of times. We had many suffered many a defeat. They were talking about the 69 game of the game last night. But you wonder, want to know why we 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 run, we run the field when we win the game? Because we understand when it's lose so hard that when we do win, it makes the victory that much more sweeter. Hey, listen, that's free. You didn't even have to pay for that. And everybody said, let's pray for Texas. I wonder if when they get to heaven, I wonder if Joseph will seek that man out, see if he can find him. And this time it'll be different because this time he won't be asking a question. This time he'll be, he'll be say things like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you were the one that pointed me to the purpose and the plans that God has for me. Now, so that was at the beginning of the story, in the story of Joseph. Can I just kind of touch on a couple of things in Joseph's life before we get to our second inconspicuous person? Okay, you're catching up. First of all, was when we look at the life of Joseph, he was stripped of his robe, and he was stripped of that which was very important to him. And I think that's pretty safe to say for us because there comes a time when every person has been stripped of something in this life. And there's some keys that we learn because in this life, it ain't always easy. Yep, I know y'all think that I always look this good, that I always talk this good, and that I'm always smell this nice. Listen, it ain't that it ain't, it ain't that easy in this life. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you don't have makes any sense at all. And sometimes you get stripped of things. Things are taken from you that you never even saw coming, never expected to happen. And God allows those things to happen in our lives as well. But one thing we see about Joseph, when you read the story about Joseph, you know what the one thing he did not do when he was in the pit? His brothers took him and threw him in the pit. It says this, the one thing he didn't do is he didn't lose control of his emotions. Listen, I want to tell you something about your emotions for just a minute. They're God-given, but they don't have to control you. They don't have to dominate you. See, it's okay to feel fear because God put that in us. Fear is that thing that helps us to know something's not right. It's good to have grief and tears because that shows us what we've lost. It's good to have joy and be happy because that tells us what to celebrate in life. But can I tell you, God designed us to have emotions, but he didn't design them to dominate us in the tough seasons of life when we've been stripped of something. I think it's important that that we have those emotions that we learn how to overcome in the tough times of life. You don't have to fall apart when you get a bill in the mail that you weren't expecting. You don't have to just get in a fetal position because your kid came home and made a D on 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 a report card. And you don't have to fall apart when you lose a loved one. You don't have to fall apart when that one that you loved walked away. See, the thing about God, God's design is to go through the times of life with strength, with encouragement, with integrity. Listen to this right here. This is from Psalm chapter 42. And this is David talking, the mighty man of David. Oh, the mighty one who is after God's own heart. He's writing in in Psalm 42 and see if he can, it sounds like he's almost bipolar. He goes from happy to sad to happy to sad. But listen to what he says. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And then he switches. He says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And he goes back again. He says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, then he switches. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock. And he switches again. Why have you forgotten me? 
Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? And then he flips the switch again. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That tells me that he's not bipolar. He just found a way to get through the tough times of life. When his everything seems against him, his enemies are against him, when his foes are against him, when life didn't go in the way he wanted to, he learned how to go ahead and give God thanks and praise, even in the midst of the tough times. I think that's, let me tell you something, that works. That works. What you may not know is people, everybody didn't come into this room today on top of the mountain. Some people came at the bottom of the valley. And they came in, and when you didn't notice when they were singing and worshiping God with their hands raised, they were doing the exact same thing that David was doing. They had found a way that they can go through the tough times of life and still seem to soar through those tough times. And that is when we just go ahead and stop and remember how good and faithful Almighty God's been to us. So we can go through those seasons of of times of life just like Joseph because we got a purpose and a destiny God's trying to get us to. Now, Okay, if you're a visitor, can I get you to stop and just just put it on coast for a minute? Let me talk to people of Bethel. We've been stripped of some things last several months. Real specifically, we've we've lost our associate pastor. Good, godly people, we love them to this day. Our, Our secretary and our bookkeeper, they've left. Had a worship pastor, loved them dearly. They're my own family. They left, went to a, got a full-time position. Our youth pastor left. He's still here, but he's removed himself. He's going into another area of ministry. And it seems, sometimes it seems like we just get stripped one after the other after the other. But do you know what? In the midst of that, God is still God. And God is still faithful. And let me just tell you something, as I was worshiping today, I thought, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens. No matter where we are in life, no matter what we're stripped of or taken from us, can I tell you this, that we still have reason to stand in this church, in this sanctuary, joining hand in hand with our hands raised and tears coming down our face and giving praises to Jesus and our God. Nothing like it. Doesn't matter what we go through, what we experience. Thank you for coming and leading us in that particular endeavor. But I want you to know this, my friend. It doesn't matter what we go through. We can always control those emotions that God gives us, and we can turn it around on the devil. Do something great for God. From the pit, David went to. From the pit, David didn't go to the pit. Joseph went to the pit. He went to Potiphar's house. From the pit, Joseph went to Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's house was a place of development, a t- place of growth. See, Joseph wasn't really ready to lead at this particular point. And I can tell you why. Because remember when he had the dream, and he told the, his brothers, look, here's my dream. Y'all, I'll bow down to me. That's not a really good leader. If he'd have just maybe turned it around and said something a little bit different, like, you know what, there's gonna be I just had a dream, we're gonna have some tough times. And God has called me to serve you, my family. And God's told me if I serve you, then he'll get us through some tough times and he'll finish the purpose and the plan he's got for our for our family. 
that would have come across a whole lot better than get down on your knees, you're going to, bow, you're going to worship me, you're, bow, you're going to bow down to me. So he was just a little bit spoiled. Reason 1,122, why not to spoil your children? But he had, to, he had to learn something in that training ground. I'm not pointing fingers at him. All of us have places where God's taken us, where he has to train us and teach us and develop us. See, at Potiphar's house, he had to learn how the fields worked. He had to learn the different seasons of, of harvest and, and tilling and planting. He had to learn how to work with the workers there. But in the orchards, he also had to learn how the orchards worked, worked as well. God had to develop in that area. Then he had to learn about cash flow because to, to run a home, to run a business, you have to understand cash flow. Then he had to learn how to talk to his superiors, and he had to learn how to train and coach the people that, were, that worked for him and worked with him. God developed so much in Joseph in Potiphar's house that if we're not careful, we may miss it. And sometimes in our lives, those dry seasons when it seems like things aren't going the way we want them, if we're not careful, we'll miss those are the times that God's developing us and training us and coaching us to lead people to him. I love the story of, of Joseph because it just tells me over and over that, that, that God is always in a, in a, about the process. Do you know what process is? Some of you are going, yes, I got that part down. Don't ever loathe the, the times of process in your life. Some of you parents, now, <laughs> if your child went from zero to 18, just like that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like that, would you? I really hope you wouldn't like that. Some of you with teenagers are going, yes, I wish it would happen today. But you'd miss the first time they ever spoke, the first time they ever walked. You'd miss that time when they went to kindergarten for the first time, or the, you'd miss that time when they went on their first date, or they drove the first car, they had the first wreck, got their first ticket. You'd miss all those things. Because there's something about the heart of a parent that wants to enjoy every season of life. Do you know that Father God is the exact same way? Father God loves the process. He likes the pit. He likes the, the robe. He likes Potiphar's house. He likes the prison. He likes every part of our life. Because here's the thing. God knows the end of the story. And if we'll just let God take us in that training ground, in that training season of life, can I tell you, he'll do something great, something marvelous. And then lastly today, this is where we get, he goes to the prison. And it was in the prison he met his second inconspicuous, inconspicuous um, person. And if I can read it to you, it says, In the morning, this is Exodus chapter 40, In the morning his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt, and Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. And the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants. He imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night. Each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew who was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard, we told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my, my, my position and the other man was impaled. The other man that we'll never know who he was, they called him the cupbearer, but for our purpose today, I'm calling him the butler. Do you have any butlers in your life? 
Do you have people that were just there at the right place at the right time? And they had a voice with the person that was going to catapult you to your purpose and your, and your destiny that God had for you. Come on, have you ever had people like that? People that just seem to be, they just came into your life just for a season, and then once they, God removed them, but God, they were a person that was not a stepping block, but a stepping stone to what God had for you in the next step. It's that person that introduced you to your spouse. It's that person that, that you met that maybe that you led, that led you to get the job or the career that you have right now. It's that, it's that minister, that friend, or somebody that just said that word or something that sparked something in you and changed the direction of your life. This is my last story. My granddad died in 2005. He was 105 when he died. Born in 1899, died in 2005. He was, grew up poor, and when we tried to search his family tree, it's kind of sketchy. But he, he joined the Army, and when he had joined the Army to go to World War I, he got sent to, to New York. And while he was in New York, <clears throat> He was, he was um, used as an orderly in the, in the army. Orderly is somebody who, in, in hospitals, they, they empty bedpans, they make beds, things like that. He was an orderly. And so they were, he was up there one day, and he was working on the same, same patient as one of the doctors, the, the officers who was a doctor uh, during that particular time. And they're working on the same patient, and he was fixing the bed and changing bedpans and all that. And the doctor said to them, he said, you know what, Carl? You make a good doctor. And for a poor kid from Arkansas, I'll tell you that, that he said it just changed the whole direction of my life. He came back to Arkansas, got accepted to medical school, took a boxcar from Little Rock to St. Louis to go to, to go to medical school. Didn't have any room and board. Got up there. God, he played an organ in a Presbyterian church. And that's how then they had a little room behind the church that he stayed in. That was his, his room and board. Became a doctor during the Depression. When, as a matter of fact, I've told you this. He was a doctor. He said, and he went to work in McGee, Arkansas for the railroad. Railroads used to have their own hospitals. And he said this. He said, you know, we, it, was, it was cheap. It was $2 for an office call, $3 for a house call. Back then they still had house calls. He said, you know, and from there the Lord just began to open doors for him. He became chief of staff at St. Vincent's Hospital. You guys know that in Little Rock. He's on the UAMS Hall of Fame today. He was one of the founders of, a, of a, an institution called CARTI, which is cancer research. It's really big now, but back then he said all we did was cut people open, looked, opened them up, saw that they had cancer, and all we could do is sew them back up. He said, but today they can go and they can literally, the cancer that killed people 50 years ago, excuse me, 70 years ago, he said because of CARTI, because of, of the technology, he said people still can lead a, a, a happy, healthy life. In his 80s, he, still, he taught Sunday school until he was 92. All his books, most of his books I got. If you go to any of his books, he was a voracious reader of the Word of God. You just go to pick out a book, open a page, and he underlined it in red ink. Gave me a heart for the Word of God. That's why I love the Word of God so much is because my granddad had such a dedication and a passion to study God's Word. And I want you to know all that, all that took place, all that happened because there was a doctor somewhere there was a, a butler who came across him, and all his job in life was was to tell one person you'd make a great doctor. I wonder if the truth be told about your life, the things, the butlers that came into your life, and all they did was said something, and it changed the course of the direction of your life. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for the opportunity to come, and thank you for the inconspicuous people of the Bible 
And if the truth be told, there's people that you've put in our lives. Some were pleasant, some were unpleasant, some were just for a moment. But God, what they did is they transformed and changed us and led us on the direction, the journey that you have for us. And so I pray today, God, I'm looking at some inconspicuous people, some people that have been put here, God, and they're just go, they've been put in people's lives to change the direction, the course of their life. And there are people who've also had those same people in their lives step in for a moment, change the direction of their lives. And I pray today in Jesus' name that in this moment as we prepare to gather as a body of believers, pray one for another. I pray in Jesus' name we'll be reminded of how wonderful and great God is for taking the big things of life, the inconspicuous people of life, and interjecting them into our lives. And for that, God, I give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.